The American Poetry Review is a Radio Kismet podcast. For more great shows, please visit radiokismet.com. I'm Elizabeth Scanlon. I'm Talia Geiger. And I'm Stephen Kleinman, and this is the American Poetry Review podcast. with the American Poetry Review podcast. It has been too long, um, and it is a great pleasure today that we have uh, something really special uh, to, to share with you guys. Um, Stephen is here with me, and, and just last week, Stephen had the pleasure of uh, speaking with the amazing, the incredible Nicole Seeley. Yeah, that's right. From what turned out to be a closet in... Uh, a beach town in northern New Jersey. I talked with Nicole. We're all making it work however we can, you I, know. It's a beautiful thing. You take thing. your moments, you take your spots. <laughs> Nicole is the author of Ordinary Beast. Among her many accomplishments, she was a Hotter Fellow at Princeton University, a Canto Mundo Fellow, a Cave Canum Fellow, and recently she was the Executive Director of Cave Canum from 2017 to 2019. So hi, Nicole. It's so fantastic to have you on the American Poetry Review podcast. Um, We are recording this at the end of August, which means that we're at the end of the Sealy Challenge. Can you say a little bit about what the Sealy Challenge is? Sure. So the the Sealy Challenge was started uh, back in 2017. I had uh, taken a position at Kave Kanam, which is, is your followers know is um, an institution founded by two black poets in the late 90s to um, to further the careers of African-American poets, to remedy the underrepresentation um, of their presence in the field. Um, so I, I started my job at Kaveh Kanam as executive director in January of that year. And by summer, I don't think I had picked up a book for fun. Um, I I don't think I had read a book for fun, for pleasure, for joy. And so by June or July, I was like, what is my life? Which I loved and I really enjoyed my job, but I had missed reading. And as a writer, we know that reading is a part of the writing process. And so I wanted to get back to it and I, I asked folks online if they would join me in reading a book a day in August, a book of poems a day in August. And um, and you mean reading them all the way through? Reading them all the way through. And that could be a book of poems um, of any length, but I myself stay under, you know, um, 80 or so pages just to keep pace. Um, it can be a chat book. It can be and chat books of any length. Um, I read a chat book last year for the challenge that was six pages long. Um, so it could be books of any length. Wow. So I have to admit that I tried for the first time this year and I didn't make it. Um, but it, That's okay. That's okay. The point of reading. I made it halfway through the month and it was like, it was so great. I loved it. And other things That's, just got to be too big, but what a, what a fantastic point. project. 
Yeah. That's the point. Just to get back to that kind of joy filled act of reading. Um, and you know, it's, it's never, it's always a win if you picked up one book or 31 during the month of August, that's probably one more book that you wouldn't have read otherwise. So I'm just happy um, that folks are reading and that they're reading poetry. So I wonder if you would would be willing to say if there was anything that surprised you this month, like maybe you expected to like it, but it was even better than expected. It was better than expected. I mean, I'm always looking forward to the Sealy Challenge and to seeing what folks are posting. Um, but I think a lot of bookstores stepped up and gave discounts for folks reading for the Sealy Challenge. Um, one bookstore in particular out West, I think they're op called Open Books. Um, they're giving $25 to each person who's participating in the challenge, who can provide a list of what they've read. And you yeah. just have to email it to them and they'll I, give you $25 in, I guess, a stipend to, to get books from their store. And that's amazing. I saw that. I was, I was so inspired by that. I thought that was a, an amazing thing that they did. Um, and as, as far as the actual poems were concerned, were, were there any, are there any poems or poets that you want to just celebrate here, say how great their books were? Definitely. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, I read Father this year by Sharon Olds, and Sharon Olds is just an angel walking on earth. Um, she can do no wrong in my eye, in my eyes. So um, I really enjoyed that book, like the whole of it. Um, I enjoyed uh, uh, Imperial Liquor by Ahmad Jamal Johnson. Uh, and um, I'm going to start reading my husband's book, Shameless Plug, um, John Murillo's uh, Contemporary American Poetry. So um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of books that I've read that I've been inspired by. Um, others include... Uh, uh, Haney's uh, Death of a Naturalist, uh, Mandy Comer's Tapping Out, um, yes. and, and others, and other. There's so many, there's so many books, there's so many books in so little time, so that we take August to just read nonstop is just, you know, putting a dent in the canon, I think. Yes, totally. Uh, um, I'll say for, for my side that I was as I was reading one book uh, a day and it felt like I was sprinting to get through them and then I ran into Bastards of the Reagan era by Reginald mm -hmm. Dwayne Betts and yeah. I just I just hit a brick wall and I just couldn't stop rereading the poems. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't make it which yeah. was fantastic. Well, that's a good reason not to make it. You right. know, to keep yeah, to just <laughs> fill yourself up with one with one collection so much that you don't want to stop reading it, that it's so good that you just have to reread is, yeah. yeah. I think all writers want to be reread anyway. So that's a, a great compliment to Dwayne. I'm definitely a deep reader rather than a wide reader. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I sometimes will go back to my favorite books and go, you know, I didn't even know this one was in there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's great. And it's great to hear about the Sealy Challenge. Um, I I know I noticed on social media recently, there was one other thing you were you were doing. Um, Ain't nothing going on but the rent. And I thought maybe I'd I'd ask if you wanted (laughs) to talk about that project for a few minutes as well. Sure. It's it's uh, myself and, and the women of Pew, um, Poets at the End of the World, a collective to which I belong. Um, it's comprised of myself, um, Akojo, Danika Kelly, um, Evie Shockley, and Lyra Van Cleef Stefanon. Um, so every year we try to do something, and, and we're a collective devoted to um, uh, social justice and equality. Um, so we try to do things that... Um, that provide funding for institutions or causes that we love and that will make the world a better place. And so we decided to do Ain't Nothing Going On But The Rent because folks' rents are coming due. And a lot of people are unemployed. And so we wanted to do something tangible that would be helpful for um, the communities to which we belong. So... We raised, our goal was to raise $20,000. We raised a little over that um, thanks to uh, the community, um, thanks to the ladies of Pew, and thanks to Costura Creative. Um, And we were able to give 40 people, this started yesterday, we started giving out the money yesterday, 40 people um, who identify as trans, non-binary, non-conforming, or women, money to help towards their rent. So we gave 40 people $500 each. Um, Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a little, um, it's a little help for folks. I know it's not there. Yeah. I I hope so. We hope so. Yeah. So that was the project. And, and uh, one, I, I, I didn't say this earlier, but maybe this is a point of closing. One of the other books that I, um, that I really loved, and um, I have to further say, I loved it so much. I'm going to teach it this fall in my advanced poetry class. Um, is is your latest book, Ordinary Beast? And I was wondering if you would be willing to read the poem "Hysterical Strength." Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> Hysterical strength. When I hear news of a hitchhiker struck by lightning yet living, or a child lifting a two-ton sedan to free his father pinned underneath, or a camper fighting off a grizzly with her bare hands until someone, a hunter perhaps, can shoot it dead, my thoughts turn to black people, the hysterical strength we must possess to survive our very existence which I fear many believe is and treat as itself a freak occurrence. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for coming on and discussing these projects with us at, at American Poetry Review. We're huge fans of your work and all of the things that you do to make the poetry community a better place. Well, thank you for having me. And, um, Really, it's just a, a small part of um, what's necessary. So we do what we can. And um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
So in this time of pandemic and quarantine and being apart, uh, it's been, you know, it's it's been a long time. It's been about six months since last we were uh, really yeah. in this conversation. Though thankfully, I mean, you know, Stephen and Talia and I are in communication, uh, but we ju- we're just not always recording. Um, we have been talking. We've found ourselves returning to the topic of of the books that we return to in this time. Um, both, I mean, I think some of it's for comfort, but also some of it's just like you find yourself reaching for something that is, um, that feels especially relevant, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Talia, you had, you had some picks today of, of the things we're returning to, right? Yes. So my mind, during all of this time, of course, I was thinking of a whole bunch of things, but two books that I just came across again that are in my collection are Sarah Blake's Let's Not Live on Earth yes, and Hanif Adurabkeeb's A Fortune for Your Disaster mm-hmm. because they're both, I feel like they're so relevant right now, especially Sarah Blake's was reminding me a lot of like how I was thinking during the last, the past six months, basically. Right. I mean, that title um, alone, right? <laughs> I know. It was, Can we get out of here? <laughs> Please, where is the meteor that was supposed to hit us a while ago? But um, yeah, a lot of the poems in this collection are very pensive and curious about the world that we live in and why it is the way that it is, which is, it was just so in line with my thinking at the time. I was just like, why is it like this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is going on? So yeah, there's a lot of uh, big theme in this book is death. Mm -hmm. which sounds morbid but it isn't quite as morbid as you might think it's quite like i said pensive and curious which is very interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i in revisiting it also i found myself sort of um taken with it all over again because of the uh, the way the book is kind of divided between the, the front half being more mm-hmm. um, uh, discrete, separate poems, and then the second half of the book being one long, large sequence, mm-hmm. the spaceship, uh, you know, which kind of brings us to this question of like, you know, if you could get out of this, would you? And what would that mean? Um, right. And that's, uh, I mean, certainly fruit for fantasy right now right like when things when so many things feel inescapable um and intractable uh to sort of indulge in this um very human very um uh what is the word i'm looking for um i'm i'm trying to say poignant but it's not really poignant there's something more to it that it's that it's like uh it's wrestling Mm -hmm. with the conundrum of like wanting to leave but not wanting to leave, you know? <laughs> yeah, and even the f- the format of it, the fact that it is like one giant long mm. poem that just keeps going mm-hmm. was also relevant to me in thinking about quarantine because every day that passed, you're just like, okay, another one? What, right. What's, <laughs> like, it just keeps going, keeps moving forward. Right, and it's the- never ending. And the, yeah, the enormity of it, like the un- the unknowing of how long it's going to take mm-hmm, the um, uncertainty yeah yeah a really excellent one. uh do you have do you have any special favorites from this collection um oh i have quite a few honestly yeah. let me see 
I, of course, have to point out that we were uh, fortunate to have published some of these in APR before the book came out a few years ago. Um, so, of course, I'm partial to those. Um, but they're, <laughs> um, but it really is. It's just an extraordinary collection all the way through. I think my favorite out of the whole collection is called The World. Mm-hmm. Can you read it for us? Sure. Awesome. The World. Today, the world is flat and the universe is small enough to contain a little square of planet. And yes, it's deep enough to dig the graves. And yes, it's high enough to fly a plane. But what else can you really tell at any one moment of your life? Nothing. Nothing more than that, you little human in this little cube of a world. So bring out a gun and shoot it up. Let's let it pour all over and force out the walls we can feel at every moment of the day even when we can see a horizon and we'll reshape it with that will we will turn it as big as we know it is as much as it frightens us as much as it ruins us and we'll need to be buried together at some point and scattered together at another and it's the cube making me morose it's the gun making me dead so good yeah yeah it's so good I really, yeah, thank you for, for picking that book to, you know, think about today. I, you know, Sarah Blake is a, a former Philadelphian. She's, she's flown away from us. She's in the UK now. Um, <laughs> but Sarah, if you're listening, we love your book. For, forever uh, a Philadelphian. Yes, yes. Once you're of, of our tribe, you, you remain wherever you go. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a really excellent one. Uh, what are some of our uh, other picks here? Uh, I brought, I mean, I brought one uh, that, I, that I've been thinking about a lot, which is Camille Rankine's Incorrect Merciful Impulses. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, earlier, Stephen and I were talking about how uh, there's something about uh, this book, even though it was uh, from a, a few years ago, before pandemic, certainly, that um, every, everything sort of feels relevant, right? Everything feels prescient in a way because when we're talking about these matters of life and death, it's like they, they really um, uh, just transfer onto your moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a poem in here called, let me find, thumbing through my own marginalia, there's a poem in here called um, Ex Machina that I would like to share with you guys. Every year is the year the world ends, as I understand it. X is to blame, or aerosol, or the barbarity of X in which we all partake, as is our way. We have come too far to turn away from this, kernel that shapes us into other than animal, or just animal enough to breed and break. It is a science the study of what it is in this mind and muscle that makes us sway the weight of us toward give or take in the bare face of each open-mouthed need. And what is our mistake, this clamor that trails us, that shakes us to sleep? What are we capable of? What great hope? What will become of me? Wow. I love that one line, just animal enough to breed, mm -hmm. to break. Mm -hmm. That feels very relevant because I feel like d 
during well the pandemic is obviously still happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) but a few months ago when it was like a little more fresh Mm -hmm. it was so startling because i felt like at least for me it just seemed like i was faced with the fact that we all are just a species we're human and we could just die off like this could potentially happen well and so permeable right like the the nature of the nature of like adapting to um a like a public health crisis and how you become so uh, intensely aware of like every kind of contact every kind of respiration um yes uh, in in ways that i mean especially as city dwellers i think we kind of um, you know, grow callous to because you have to, otherwise you, you feel crazy, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely a new lens, uh, on, I I have to go back and ask Talia, did you, um, did you, did you just say that you were okay with us dying off? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that is genuinely how I feel because this world, it, continues to baffle me with how bold it is and Mm. how sometimes things just feel so wrong so in those moments i'm just like yes where's the meteor (laughs) but i know that we are also you know full of kindness or we can be so you -hmm. know we don't deserve it yet we might not we could turn this around (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. right we can turn it around um right and also it's like well there's i mean there's only one there's only one end, really. <laughs> How you get there is is the the variable. This is but what keeps me up every night. I, you know, <laughs> well, do you think there's an alternative, Stephen? Do you think that there's a there's I've, a path to the everlasting? <laughs> I I have not uh, yet agreed that my death is necessary. Okay, all right, all right fair enough. Um, in Stephen, we trust. I haven't come to terms <laughs> with that. It, it it makes me it makes me wonder though how the different ways that we thought about our um, mortality before uh, this moment, the, this COVID moment, mm-hmm. and how, um, as poets, has affected our writing. Mm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I can't help but read Sarah Blake's work again and think that this moment was, was expected and that this moment was what was what was coming for a long time and i think that's how i am too that i i sort of wake up each day thinking i knew it would be here and now it's here Mm. (laughs) (laughs) which is uh which is a different sort of terrifying (laughs) yes i've lain awake so many times thinking that it was going to be just this awful (laughs) right just Uh, like this right tell you also you you brought up one of one of my recent favorites also a fortune for your disaster by Hanif Abdurraqib, which is just like, I mean, such a pleasure, like such a pleasure, this book. Um, I mean, it's many things, but I, I I, I find so much, um, I find so much uh, sort of seductive and comforting and um, pleasurable about this book. What? um, Right. I found this book just, walking around in a bookstore I just Mm -hmm. opened a couple of books to random pages and I was at first caught by all of the titles in this collection they're so amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, namely one of 
many poems is actually called how can black people write about flowers at a time like this and that obviously caught my eye Mm -hmm. um just as a phrase in itself because i think it's also like it seems double-edged in meaning how can black people write about flowers at a time like this and Mm -hmm. also they should they can they're allowed to Mm -hmm. with you know everything going on we've seen in the wake of the last few months this uprising in black lives matter protests Mm -hmm. so that was another reason why this book was heavy on my mind as Mm -hmm. well Right. I mean, it's uh, that that he uh, has that title for several poems over the collection um, really gives it a whole prismatic uh, mm-hmm. effect as well. Right. That you that you're turning and turning and turning the question um, and, and just the I mean, the hugeness of the question. Right. I mean, that it really gets to the heart of like, what are we doing as artists and as writers? Yeah. Right? Like what are what is it that we think we're about? Um, and uh, and it's such a big question too mm-hmm. for artists because of all the things to write about, it seems like there's only one thing people should be writing about or should be talking about at this moment. But at the same time, how hard it is to do something like that, mm-hmm. especially if something like that is on your mind constantly. It's a big what? job for artists. It's a huge job, but also, I mean, it, it, it's it's. Uh, a reminder of that even amidst our deepest grief and our deepest difficulties that if we are not allowed to embrace the possibility of joy and of beauty and of mm-hmm. just uh, of just addressing whatever it is in our soul to address then uh, you know then it's then it's a, a road of punishment right that if we're if we're only supposed to focus on on, on the mm-hmm. most uh, sort of uh, the deepest grief, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we must also, we must also have joy. Um, and that's what I also really love about this collection is that mm-hmm. it's not just about tragedy and grief and pain. Mm-hmm. It does just like, there's one poem that depicts a fight, like an interaction uh-huh. that the speaker overhears on the street about, someone who just got a pizza like they're talking about (laughs) cheese it's called (laughs) glamour on the west streets silver over everything yeah and it it Mm -hmm. it just it feels so in the realm of a city which is so nice because we get all of these beautiful like lush descriptions of city life right and i think that's also just the biggest part of this collection for me is just life like everything is Mm -hmm. bursting there's so much of it Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that I miss <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. Like the richness of like an environment in which there is like other people and music and art and things like happening on the street mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We are we are missing some of that richness right now. And I mean, also, I mean, I just think the way that Hanif in this book um, weaves in like song lyrics and song titles and stuff like it's just it feels so it feels familiar right but it also feels like um intimate like it feels it feels like a friend right like there is a Mm -hmm. a companionship to some of those poems too i mean he has a poem in here called no diggity and i just like i was like what (laughs) i was like into (laughs) it i was into it like from from you know the first word um and uh and all of the marvin Gaye poems in here like there's there's so much um uh fandom i think uh, Mm -hmm. 
which uh, which is you know it's, well, it's funny because I think that's part of what we're doing here too, right? It's like we are we are engaging in our fandom uh, as poets exactly. and, and as readers, right? Um, because I think that we part of what we respond to here is that it's like we remember who we are when we read things that 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 resonate for us, right? American Poetry Review is a Radio Kismet podcast. For more great shows, please visit radiokismet.com.